Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. Five, four, three, two, one. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. A confirmed attack is taking place against the United States. Aliens from an unknown location have been reported in multiple states. We are controlling transmission. There is another world that awaits, far beyond what we can see and feel. A place that's anything but ordinary. What you believe might not be. Step into the zone of the best unknown. UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracies and cover-ups. And to the paranormal we go. cold dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote pacific northwest i'm jeremy scott as we bring you in for another week somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal you know imagine not being able to uh pull uh, out your phone right now whether it's uh, in your pocket whether it's uh, you're driving down the road and you've got it sitting there in some sort of holster maybe it's on your nightstand whatever the case happens to be uh landlines are a thing of the past Uh, Most people have cell phones, Uh, whether personal or business or in the event of an emergency, we need to be able to pick up that phone and uh, have it work. Uh, I mean, these are life and death situations here. If something needs to happen now and the only way to communicate that is through a cell phone and you can't do that, uh, we're screwed. And on top of that, you can't access the Internet Because that requires being connected to the cell network, whether on your phone or sometimes in the case of a computer where you're using a hotspot that some carriers offer. Now, maybe this is giving a little bit too much away, but I have a direct wire coming off of the utility lines into my house and I hardwire into the router or the box or whatever it is that provides me the internet. So I'm not getting my service from a cell phone network, but some are. That's the only service that is available in their area. Maybe it's convenient, and these things are portable. You can take them from place to place. So if you're moving around, you just take the device with you, 
and it works wherever you're at or you go on vacation. So hotspots are handy. People rely on them. Those work off of cell networks. So, again, let's roll this out a little more. You can't reach loved ones. You can't contact an employer. You can't reach your doctor. We've got networks that are down because of an outage or due to cyber attack. And you can't get your prescriptions, even if they are on auto order. Those still have to get reviewed and approved through insurance, because, you know, insurance can change. And so the pharmacy has to do their due diligence. They can't fill orders because their computers are down. It's not as easy as just going back to the pen and paper where you just wrote everything down on a pad and then you settled up at the end of the day. And, of course, uh, you know, you can't even call the insurance company. You can't get through via email or chat or any other way. In fact, uh, I heard about the, the cell phone outage. And then through a family member, I heard that their pharmacy was affected. That it turned out to be a separate issue. But again, these are compound situations where we're dealing with one threat and then another threat on top of another threat. And these are crippling because you can't make a phone call. You can't get on the internet. You can't send messages through. And if you go to the pharmacy physically, they're not able to fill your order. They can't get a hold of your insurance. Maybe some individuals will say, well, I'm just going to pay out of pocket. In some cases, those prescriptions need prior authorization. And if you can't get that, you can't get what you need. And this, I know, is starting to sound like a bit of a science fiction plot. But, of course, we know this is not a science fiction plot. This was reality in America just days ago. And we can't say that we didn't warn you. I don't know how many shows we've done on uh, cyber attacks and the threats that we face uh, of being on the Internet. But here's the scope of what happened here. Tens of thousands of customers of AT&T in particular, but also several other carriers because they rent space on their servers to some of the lower cost cell phone companies, which in my household, because we're trying to keep on a budget and cut back a little bit where we can to keep up with inflation, we went with a lower carrier a lower cost carrier, which means they're getting their service from one of the big guys, obviously at a discount. So we're paying less. And sometimes these are networked uh, connections through a, a variety of different carriers. So they can be pretty widespread. This uh, happened to start early in the morning, lasted for several hours. I mean, just imagine if it goes on for days or weeks or even longer than that. I mean, people will want to be just bringing their phone in and changing uh, carriers. Uh, that's not necessarily going to solve it, depending on how widespread it is. And all the while, phones were stuck on SOS mode, meaning only emergency calls could be made. But some say that they couldn't even do that. They couldn't get 911 or 211 or 311 or whatever the case is. They couldn't even get through to their cell phone company by hitting the, you know, the star whatever, the voicemail. I mean, the whole nine yards. Phones were showing no service or maybe searching 
which indicates that the device the device is not connected to a cellular network. I personally, my phone is AT and T. I didn't notice anything; it didn't affect me. Maybe it just happened while I was sleeping, and I just didn't notice it. But that was that was my situation. Now, again, my my wife has new service, which, as I mentioned, uses another carrier's servers. And in a situation like that, it really can have a ripple effect if the hackers attack a certain carrier over the other. The questions we have are, were these targeted attacks? And we may never know. Although there is a, a group that is now claiming responsibility but it do- does certainly have cyber attack written all over it. The company, though, insists it was an internal problem. They say, quote, our review, our internal, uh, our initial review, rather, of the cause of Thursday's outage indicates it was due to the application and execution of an incorrect process used while working to expand our network. Uh, an unprecedented big time boo boo. Somebody uh, messed up. Big time, and it affects tens of thousands of cell phone users, not only on AT&T, but other carriers for many, many hours. I mean, would they even tell us if it's a cyber attack is a, a whole nother question, because 2023, as we've reported, was a record year for cyber attacks just in general. Many of these, though, as we know, do go unreported. Victims uh, sometimes actually pay large sums of money to restore access to their systems that were breached by hackers who will install software, disable systems, and then demand a ransom payment. Uh, That's why it's called ransomware. And in that case, uh, victims may feel ashamed. They do not report it in all cases. But we know that ransomware gangs are certainly causing, in some cases, irreparable harm. $1.1 billion they were said to have made from attacks last year. That's according to uh, according to Chain Analysis, or Chainalysis, I think it is, a firm that uh, tracks the movement of cryptocurrency, which is something that hackers prefer because there is no FDIC, no regulation. So you pay us crypto, and we will basically uh, turn the key, flip the switch, undo what we've done, and you can have your systems back for now. But, uh, of course, uh, this doesn't prevent us from doing it again when we need more funding. Uh, Funding to then carry out all sorts of nefarious acts, we can imagine, on the dark web and maybe even beyond that. In the case of the uh, the cell phone outage last week, federal authorities are investigating whether the outage was a cyber attack. And as we've said, you know something something like this magnified across additional carriers could have absolutely devastating effects. I mean, the implications are this uh, of this are quite massive, and that's why we're discussing it on the program tonight. Uh, not being able to call 911. That was a reality for people who just wanted some confirmation uh, if the world wasn't going to uh, hell in a handbasket. But they, they couldn't call 911. 
in a case where you need 911 and you cannot reach emergency services, they're not going to be dispatched. Maybe there's some uh, miscommunications in the dispatch where crews are sent to the wrong location or not at all or sent into situations that they shouldn't have been if they weren't properly protected, say like sending medical or emergency uh, response crews in when the police haven't showed up and there's an active shooter or something uh, in that case, or you're trying to coordinate movements, tactical situations. Uh, We're talking about cell networks, all done through cell networks and the internet these days. This is not landlines that is powering all of this technology. It's all of those cell towers that you see all around. And it's those server farms, those buildings that may be underground, that just uh, are nothing but computer racks after computer racks after computer racks. So, you know, the massive cell phone outage last week is is really just the latest in a, in a string of major breaches of infrastructure that also includes cyber attacks, as I mentioned, affecting pharmacies and hospitals. It wasn't just long, too long ago when we uh, actually did a show based on the threat that cyber attacks, particularly extended cyber attacks on hospitals, would face. And if you couple it with everything else going on all at the same time, I mean, it really has many people wondering because I've been getting messages from those of you last week who were saying, when are you going to do a show about the the outage The next night I'm on the air. The next night I can possibly get transmissions across the USA on all of these affiliates picking up the show. And we thank each and every one of them. I'm going to do this program and here we are. And it's not being censored or silenced tonight. The signal is crystal clear. But it has many wondering whether these are coordinated attacks and what is going to come next. We have to ask if this was another test run for something much larger in scale that targets infrastructure all at once. We're talking about phone and electricity, internet, and of course, water. Tonight on the program, calling SOS. You're calling, but nobody hears you. Tonight, I'm Jeremy Scott. You see why uh, when we talk survival on the program, it is so key. You go to paranormalradio.com slash food and get your My Patriot supply with the best deals that you're going to find that they can offer. Paranormalradio.com slash food. Because, uh, you know, this is real stuff. And when uh, communications break down, you can't rely that everything's going to be delivered uh, on time. Even your auto shipments uh, and, and the like. Uh, tonight, we welcome to the program Andrew Sternke, a private investigator, CEO, and founder of Darkbox Security Systems. He's a Juris Doctor graduate at the University of St. Thomas School of Law with advanced legal evidentiary and dispute resolution skills. He has more than 14 years' experience in covert surveillance, security, and intelligence tactics sharpened from his combat deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan, along with his training and experience as a Marine Corps non-commissioned officer and an Army officer. It's good to have you on the program, Andrew. 
Yes, thanks for having me. It's good to have you here. And uh, so uh, what do you know about what happened with this particular outage? And by this one, I mean the, the, the massive cell phone outage last week. Yeah, so, um, you know, originally, as you have discussed before, you know, there were some real concerns that this was a cyber attack on AT&T systems, um, you know, that unfortunately brought down, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of their uh, customer cell phones from working. Um, and so, you know, that just kind of started up a discussion, you know, is this a cyber attack? You know, who else could be potentially um, vulnerable to this? Um, you know, and the good thing is, as far as, you know, what we've seen now is that it was not an actual cyber attack. Um, but allegedly, you know, it was regarding to some software update that they were doing with their servers. And within that process, it basically uh, disconnected um, a bunch of the cell phone service providers. And, and so the good thing here is that, um, you know, various federal agencies are investigating it just to make sure that is the case and that, you know, this is not something that AT&T is trying to hide. Um, so, um, I'm pretty confident, you know, we will get to the bottom of it, but, um, you know, my team, um, uh, so I have, uh, you know, cybersecurity analysts, investigators, uh, within dark box and we, uh, you know, went on the dark web to, uh, just search the various groups that are active in there to see if, you know, there's any sort of a claim because usually for something this sort of a magnitude, uh, you'll have some sort of a um, hacker group that will take responsibility for it because I mean it, it, it's it's a, it's a notorious act. On That's them why they do it, right? Publicity, right? Exactly. Um, and so we have not seen any um, communication with that. So that's another positive sign for any AT and T. Uh, customers that are concerned that this was a cyber attack. So, wow. um, so as of now, there is no indication that this was a cyber attack. I don't know what's more comforting for the audience, and perhaps uh, they can weigh in something that is not a cyber attack that could potentially happen again, like tomorrow or the next day, because maybe it was human error or it was a computer that didn't do something that they should have. And if this wasn't a cyber attack, I don't know what's worse. We'll discuss that with Andrew Sternkey of Darkbox Security Systems. I'm Jeremy Scott. Somewhere between the paranormal and abnormal. George Henry coming up with Paranormal News. Into the Paranormal. This is Paranormal News. 
The second private mission this year to attempt a landing on the moon didn't go as planned. Intuitive Machines says its Odysseus lunar lander tipped over on its side after a leg likely got caught on a lunar rock. CEO Steve Altimus says it was quite the feat getting to that point. We traveled uh, two and a half times the distance to the lunar surface. That's about 600,000 miles. Odysseus was operational as it arrived on the lunar surface, becoming the first commercial spacecraft to soft land on the moon before the mission turned bleak. Sunlight was able to keep the solar panels charged for a few days, which allowed flight controllers to collect data, including pictures from the lunar surface. But those opportunities have now run out as all contact with Odysseus has been lost. George Henry, Paranormal News. Department of Homeland Security are investigating the cause of a massive nationwide cell phone outage. Customers across the country reported a widespread network outage. We couldn't the call. Massive outage for cell towers. For cell towers. You can see right in the corner where it says SOS, and although she is connected to Wi-Fi, she still has not been able to connect to the internet or anything else, or even make calls. A lot of people wondering why they don't have service, seeing that SOS on their phone, that panic moment really kicks in. When they go down, if it were to happen on a wider scale, you could see the problem pretty quick. Got something to say? Call into the pair of normal at 503-506-0396 in the United States and Canada. Skype callers, reach us at ITP51. You know, it's a troubling thought, and I've sat here during the break uh, talking about it as we return into the paranormal with Andrew Sternkey tonight. I'm Jeremy Scott. Is that uh, what's uh, going to prevent this from happening again if it was an error that was either done by a human or by a computer? Uh, and I, I consider artificial intelligence part of that as well. It wasn't done by a, a hacker with nefarious reasons. Uh, I'm I'm worried that, that this can happen again. But as uh, Andrew Sternke's told us, his group of investigators searched the dark web, didn't find any signs of chatter from hacker groups, which could possibly indicate that this was a cyber attack. Question is, uh, should we be uh, more or less concerned about this? I mean, we should definitely take this um, as a learning experience. Um, It's, you know, in a situation like this, uh, consumers, they're not used to not having cell phone service. And so um, this is some this is a great opportunity for individuals to look at, you know, what is your internal contingency plan if the cell phone service does go down? Because right now we know that this this. As of now, it was not a cyber attack, but could there be a cyber attack in the future? There absolutely right. can. And, and the reason that I say that it can is because you look at Ukraine and a cyber attack actually happened in uh, middle December, uh, just a few months ago, where you had over 24 million um cell phone customers of Kiev Star, which is Ukraine's largest mobile and internet provider, um, they were shut down by Russian hackers. And so um, so it's very possible for something like this to happen. 
And so, you know, that that is the concern that we have here uh, domestically in the U.S. is that um, a lot of uh, hackers right now, they're currently using um, the situation that's happening in Ukraine um, as their basically their their sandbox, their uh, test site for various sort of cyber warfare and attacks. And then based on what they learn from that, they're using that and deploying that against um, strategic assets here in the US and, and targeting us here um, in the past and, and in the future. So when we typically hear of these cyber attacks, we hear of ransomware, but we also hear about denial of service or DDoS attacks, and, and there are no signs of either of those here. Um, well, I mean, they, correct. In in the AT&T situation, um, we, we're not seeing that. Um, however... You know, it's I mean, like I said about the Ukraine example is that uh, cell phone service attacks is a very real issue and it's not going to be going away. You're not just going to, you know, currently the the, the current security setup that AT&T has um, may be good for today, but doesn't mean it's going to be good next week because the problem with technology is that it's it's always evolving. So, you know, we on the cybersecurity side of things, we're having to always evolve, especially with the emergence of artificial intelligence and, you know, how that is also rapidly evolving technology. Um, it just really makes um, the issue of security an, an ongoing process. And just because this AT&T um, situation was not a cyber attack doesn't mean that it could not happen in the future. And because of that, uh, we as consumers need to be really aware of, you know, what are some of our backup systems that we need to look at? Um, you had earlier stated how, you know, your internet uh, provider, you have it hardwired into your, into your home. Uh, so, you know, a lot of customers have, you know, fiber optic and whatnot which is separate from cell phone service. And so that is something that they may need to look at is, you know, do you have some sort of a backup way of communications um, in case uh, something like this happens? Yeah, uh, because uh, with with the, the hotspot, if you do have one of these hotspots or you're getting uh, your internet just on your phone or in your home or at your business and the cell network goes down, it affects all of your communications. You don't just lose phone, but you lose phone and internet. Correct, correct. Um, and 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 that and that's the you know the problem. If if you have all your communication devices uh, set up on just one um, Wi-Fi system or or cell phone system, like such as five G, and you know that's your only mode of communication, then, you know, if that cell provider goes down, then, then you have absolutely, uh, you know, zero communication. And so uh, one thing that uh, consumers can do is to um, take their cell phone and add uh, several different providers to it. Um, your cell phone uh, can have more than just one provider. Uh, earlier, you had said, you know, you were an AT&T uh, customer. Well, 
if you call T-Mobile, um, you know, they can assist you in adding their service to your cell phone also. Um, so, so, so that's one way that you could, uh, people can use various backups um, to, you know, try to eliminate the issue of just being um, solely uh, compliant on just using one cell phone service. So is it safer to be hardwired than it is? Uh, I think I know the answer to this question, uh, but then it is for the over-the-air signal through the Wi-Fi as far as uh, uh, the ability for, for one's systems to be uh, attacked? Well, I mean, it, 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 is, it, it is technically better to be hardwired. Um, but, you know, the, the, the hardware system, you know, the, the company that's running the hardware, well, they could be attacked too. You know what I mean? So, so it's just, it, 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 it's always good to have backup contingencies as far as communication. And then um, you know, consumers need to also think about, well, what if the whole country's cell phone service goes down? What, what are you going to do? Like, what is your uh, contingency plan for your uh, family members c- to communicate? Like, you know, have a plan to all meet at one specific time, you know, at a specific place or something like that. But but those are some of the things that uh, people have to really look into, because, again, I keep pointing to Ukraine because Ukraine is really um, the, the, the the testing lab for a lot of things that are happening, because if you look at the. Um, you know, just the economy, the population of Ukraine. I mean, they're 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 a very modern country, just like the United States, and they're dealing with all sorts of uh, various cyber attacks, and and those things can easily uh, happen here in the U.S. So, uh, was this an attack uh, from someone on Ukraine on on the cell phone pro- provider in Ukraine? Yes, yes, it was. It was specifically it was the um, the the Russian hackers that attacked. Uh, Kievstar, uh, which is uh, Ukraine's largest uh, mobile and internet provider. Okay, because there's uh, some speculation that maybe Russia was involved in uh, this uh, AT&T situation, but some say that uh, we shouldn't really, uh, well, we should definitely take that with a grain of salt, uh, and, and it goes back to surfing the, the dark webs for chatter, and part of it is claiming the responsibility uh, almost as a way of gaining points in some uh, sick game, uh, gaining points saying, you know, we have this power, we want to take responsibility. That's not necessarily always the case. Sometimes these hacker groups uh, claim responsibility for things that they didn't have any any part in doing. Um, true, but um, but actually, I mean, that, that that's pretty rare for them, uh, for a hacker group to claim responsibility for something that they did not do um there there's it, it, it it's kind of funny but um you know they, they tend to these various hacker groups tend to have you know their, their own internal hacker code of honor i guess and you know it's just it, it, it's looked really bad upon um taking responsibility for okay. something that you didn't do um just because you know it, 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 it's it's the whole honor of you know are you able to do something and so 
Um, so, so usually that's not the case. Like uh, the cases where you hear about a hacking group uh, taking responsibility, um, it's usually it's a wannabe up and coming uh, hacker group. There is a group specifically, 62IX, the People Liberation Front Anomalous Anonymous Legion, who are claiming responsibility for this particular incident, uh, a pro-Russian uh, hacktivists, as they're known. So what's more likely? Are they, they're claiming that they're the ones that shut down AT&T? They are. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have to look into them more, but I, I have I've never heard of that group. Um, okay, and so uh, again, yeah, that's my concern. Is you know th- there are ish concerns of you know upcoming wannabe major hacking groups that will um, try to take responsibility for something that they didn't really do. Yeah, that's what I was that's what I was alluding to earlier to kind of polish their reputation. They didn't have a hand in it, but they may say that they do in order to gain some points. Correct. Okay. So yeah, so we are on the same page as, as far as uh, that is concerned. Uh, so it, it's a possibility that uh, that still this was was not a a cyber attack, but um who really will ever no by the way as far as the internet thing yeah there's no show if there's no internet friends uh i i hate to say that i mean that's the honest truth there's just no other way for me to do the program i mean if there wasn't hardwired internet we could jimmy rig a way to get on the air using my cell phone but of course that would uh not sound as good Uh, we would have uh much more limitations in what we could do and it would require a a lot more work on the uh on the other side of the communications for that to even work. So internet is certainly a vital, vital part of this program. Internet, a, uh, a vital part of a lot of people's business and livelihoods. And as we've discussed, it's not always possible to uh, have these things hardwired in. So uh, you are more susceptible to some of these uh, attacks, especially if you're getting your service from one of uh, the cell phone carriers out there who are providing you uh, with internet and phone. Uh, If it goes down, uh, it really goes down all at once, all across the country. Hopefully not tonight while we're on the air. More to come. I'm Jeremy Scott with Andrew Sternkey. Into the paranormal. We're calling SOS tonight, as in uh, no signal. I'm Jeremy Scott, somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal. Massive uh, cell phone outage. We know it was tens of thousands of customers. There could be many lines on some of those accounts, so really hundreds of thousands of phones could be impacted all at once and likely were for many hours Uh, I'm wondering about the effects of something like that that goes on for much longer than that, like days or, God forbid to think, weeks. Uh, Andrew Sternke, my guest tonight, private investigator, CEO and founder of Darkbox Security Systems. So, Andrew, how would uh, one, from a hacker's perspective, uh, be able to to breach a cell network? Do they have to actually be physically at the tower or the site 
uh, I, I'm suspecting they they have the skills to do this remotely. Yes, I mean it, it would it would definitely be uh, done remotely. Um, the other thing too is that um, what we're also seeing is they tended to use a lot of uh, social engineering tactics to access uh, these companies for um, the various cyber attacks. That's a new so one. What do you mean by that? Like, yeah, what do you mean by social engineering yeah, tactics? So, yeah, so, so basically uh, social engineering is, you know, tricking the various employees of a company um, into giving them information for them to eventually hack into uh, the company system. So it could be anything from, you know, pretending that they are, you know, another employee from another department or things like that of, of you know, tricking someone into giving you information. And, and so that's, that's what we call social engineering or, or phishing attacks. Um, and then, then along with that too is, you know, hackers will also try to compromise um, a specific employee, but and you know access the company through that employee by having you know hacked into their password, their account, things like that. I was going to ask about passwords because maybe those are stored on a server and they shouldn't be, or maybe they're easily guessed, and that has to be another way that these hackers can get in. Right. So uh, unfortunately, uh, humans have habits, and so um, a, a lot of uh, individuals tend to reuse um, passwords or or reuse various combination of their passwords uh, across the various accounts, not just their work accounts, but they'll use that personally with their um, individual uh, email accounts, their financial accounts, you know, accessing their bank accounts and, 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 and whatnot. And so, you know, I'm sure, you know, every one of the listeners right now have had at some point gotten some sort of um, a mail disclaimer saying, hey, uh, your personal identifiable information was compromised in our database, uh, either from their bank or, or, or a store or something. Um, and then, you know, they give you one year of credit monitoring service or whatnot. Well, what's happening with those is that you know, we, we hear we hear about data breaches all the time in the news these days. And so what these data breaches tend to have is a lot of the personal identifiable information of the consumer and also uh, their login uh, information and password information. And and eventually this all gets dumped out on the dark web. So uh, an individual can go on to the dark web and basically buy up these massive amounts of data for super cheap, these breach data. And then, you know, these hackers can then compile all that information. And, uh, and if they're targeting a specific company, you know, and, and they see that employee uh, was in a past data breach, well, then they can start, um, you know, fine tuning in on that individual by using, you know, 
various password combinations that they've used in the past, their login information, and so on. Yeah, don't make it easy on them, that's for sure. I wouldn't even know how to access uh, the the dark web. I can barely access uh, the the regular web, the world wide web. But uh, wouldn't have it any other way because uh, we need the internet to do the show and are pushing out the transmission tonight with Andrew Sternkey. We'll have more of our program coming up. I'm Jeremy Scott. If you think this hour was mind-blowing, just wait until you hear what's next. Into the Paranormal. We'll be right back. cell phone outage at this hour 503-506-0396 the number in the United States and Canada to call and join the program 503-506-0396 in the United States and Canada that number will work you can get in though from anywhere in the world by downloading Skype clicking the button at parabnormalradio.com we're talking with Andrew Sternkey tonight, private investigator, CEO, and founder of Darkbox Security Systems, website darkboxsecurity.com. What is the primary uh, role of, of Darkbox Security Systems? I, I know you guys are constantly monitoring for these kinds of threats. Yeah, so um, so the unique thing about us is that, uh, you know, we, we have um, – Private investigators that are actually uh, expert cybersecurity um, investigators, and so um, we provide uh, twenty-seven uh, monitoring or threat hunting. Uh, we do a lot of instance response. So when a client has a, a cyber attack of some sort, um, you know we're the first ones to respond, uh, and then. Uh, we also do penetration testing, so that's basically where we try to hack into a company to test their um, uh, cybersecurity uh, levels um, if, if that's not a client of ours. And then we also do digital forensics. And so, um, you know, that's where we really dig deep into the technical aspects of things to see, you know, the, the who, what, when, where, and why. And, and how of a uh, cybersecurity incident. So you'll actually do simulations of, of these attacks in some cases in order to uh, show someone, hey, uh, you know, here's where we need to shore up your security. Correct. And, and, and we look at cybersecurity from a, a very unique perspective because uh, we have what we call white hat hackers on my team. And so... Um, so, so how how we look at cybersecurity is is what we say from a hacker's perspective, of you know 
how would we break into um, a company system? And so based on that, you know, that's how we build our custom uh, cybersecurity uh, monitoring and protection. And when we're talking about some of these threats, ransomware and in some cases uh, spyware, which is stuff that is installed uh, on people's computers in both cases to either extrapolate money from them or in some cases to uh, spy on them. Correct. Um, you know, I, I would say over over 90 percent of uh, various attacks is it, it concerns money. Um, you know, they're they're trying to get paid. It's basically a uh, capitalism of the dark web. And so, um, well, a, a, at least I should say that's your typical hacking group. Unfortunately, what we're starting to see more of also, though, is uh, what's called uh, nation-backed hacking groups. Um, and, and in those situations, uh, what we're starting to see is uh, not necessarily the sort of uh, ransomware attack where they demand money and then they um, give your data back um, with the, their encryption keys to uncrypt it. Um, but with these nation-supported uh, hacking groups, they're basically just coming in to create havoc and they're doing that because they're financially being supported by uh, states such as Russia, uh, who is our you know, number one nemesis regarding this, and then uh, also China. Yeah, and of course China has uh, warned that they're going to wreak havoc on American citizens. I mean, the FBI has been warning of that. The FBI themselves has also been hit uh, with uh, attacks. Uh, cyber crimes are a- another thing that, uh, that these organizations and individuals will do. Uh, once they get access to systems, they will commit massive amounts of fraud and uh, other things that they can do with this information on the internet. And and so w- w- in a situation like that, where somebody's systems have been penetrated and they've been ripped off and, and, and there has been a crime committed uh, against them on the Internet, what would your role be in that situation? Well, the, the, the first thing that we would do is, is just take control of their devices and the systems that are affected, um, you know, shut everything off from the Internet so that there's no access anymore. And then from there, we start... Um, just you know, taking out the various malware um, that is on there, or if it's or if it's something like a a, a, a ransomware attack. Well, the, the data is already encrypted by the hackers, so we would not be able to um, grab that data back just because it, it's now encrypted. However, um, you know, any data that is still saved or uh, backed up, we, we would try to uh, regain access to, to that information and then also, um, you know, stop any uh, potential future attacks on uh, any of their other systems that was not affected. And, and taking that to another level, as far as crimes that could be committed on an, someone through the Internet, 
uh, harassment and also uh, stalking. Uh, are, are those common things that you uh, get reports of? Um, that, that, that is very common. And unfortunately, right now, uh, the United States is way behind on uh, establishing the, the proper laws regarding uh, cyber harassment and, and stalking. Um, you know, that, that, that is something that uh, states and the federal government definitely needs to be more involved in. Because uh, right now, it's what I call the wild, wild west. I mean, it's basically a free for all. Um, and we're, we're seeing a lot of that. So we actually have quite a few um, of our clients that are content creators, um, social media influencers who uh, get harassed and stalked and doxxed. And, and so our job with them is to basically we control all their social media uh, platforms. We monitor in 24-7. So the instant that someone, you know, uh, is gets flagged as being a stalker or doxing information is put out, then we uh, quickly reacted to get it deleted from the platform um, to shut this a specific, you know, poster down, and then we also work on de-anonymizing de- um, various uh, social media profiles online because there are people who will just use various fake uh, profiles to uh, exposing the uh, the Karens of the internet, right? Correct, correct, and and you know, and so we'll, we'll expose them. A lot of times, we're able to track the fact that. You know, they're using a fake profile uh, from their work computer and we're able to track that down. And then, you know, we will contact their workplace and say, hey, this specific employee is harassing this individual and things like that. So bottom line is, you know, we bring accountability. And then also on the more serious side, we basically gather up the digital evidence uh, packaged up nicely to hand over to uh, law enforcement for uh, criminal prosecution. So this is uh, this is not just your ordinary trolling. This is uh, far beyond that. And in, in some cases, uh, individuals can face serious uh, consequences for uh, taking part in these crimes. Uh, but many times the origins of where these uh, users are uh, originating uh, these crimes is there some times where we don't know exactly where they're located? Um, th- th- that is true, but you know, we're, we have abilities um, with our own uh, custom software that we built that we'll track them and we'll track them for a while. And, you know, th- they'll have other activity on um, in the digital space and other places where um, again, you know, I talk about, you know, Humans have this issue of having habits, and so we're able to uh, track the various habits of these anonymous posters um, and then basically uh, triangulate various aspects of information that we've gained um, by following them, tracking them, you know, looking at various breach data and whatnot, and then eventually figuring out uh, who the individual is. So we have a combination of uh, groups and individuals uh, who fund 
their endeavors through the previous scams that they've committed. Other groups that are funded outside, say by special interests, who whose only goal is really just to get in there and create havoc. Yeah, I mean, there's unfortunately, you know, there are those different groups and um, those are the groups that we're trying to defend from. Okay, so do we know who some of the uh, the funders are of uh, of this? Well, I mean, the, the the definite funders are again, you know, it, it, it's Russia and China, um, you know, and then to a smaller scale, there are um, some uh, countries in the in the Middle East, and then also um, some uh, African countries. Talking with Andrew Sternkey tonight, private investigator, CEO, and founder of Darkbox Security Systems, uh, website darkboxsecurity.com. Uh, are you worried about this stuff escalating? Are you thinking that this is was just a dry run and that there are uh, going to be future threats that we're going to face? Uh, it's not just the cell phone outage that w- happened last week. As I mentioned earlier in the program, simultaneously to this, just after the outage, in fact, was a major cyber attack that affected pharmacies, healthcare plans. And uh, still a week later, or less than a week later, the impacts of that are still being felt. And uh, as all this infrastructure is coming under attack, I can only wonder what will come next. We'll ponder that as we continue our program tonight, calling SOS somewhere between paranormal and action. It was only a couple of hours last week. Next time, it may be a couple of days, and we need to prepare ourselves for that reality. I'm Jeremy Scott, talking with Andrew Sternkey of Darkbox Security Systems. So as far as a cell phone attack that uh, is prolonged, Andrew, help us understand what the effects of that might be. B. I mean, I, I gave you what I thought was a decent explanation of what the fallout of that would be at the beginning of the program. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Because it sounded like earlier seemed to believe, and I agree with you, uh, that we are more vulnerable than ever, that there is a major outage ahead of us that is the result of a cyber attack. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just basically, it's... You know, in, in the modern era, uh, we use our cell phone for everything, um, you know, from, uh, you know, communicating via, you know, talking on the phone to text messages and then also using it for social media, you know, which is another uh, communication. I mean, that's how we typically tend to get the news, uh, up to date news. And so if, you know, if there's such a, massive outage of that, then, um, you know, what do you do as a consumer um, when something like that happens? And so just the the ramification of that is huge, Um, especially with, uh, you know, less and less homes have actual hardwire home phones um, within their homes. Um, You know, the it's 
you know, we, we save all our information on our cell phones. I mean, you know, how many of us knows all our friends, uh, phone numbers. I don't even know my Um, wife's, you know, right, right. So, so, so just imagine all that. I mean, we're, we're so reliant on our cell phones as our, um, you know, as our database for everything that, you know, if it goes down, um, it's just, it, it would be mass chaos. And, and, and that is what, unfortunately, these nation states would want in uh, the United States. And so because of that, you know, it, it, it's upon us individually to have some sort of a backup plan. Um, you know, for instance, you know, I, I had talked before about you can put several different uh, cell phone providers on your cell phone so you could switch to um, another cell phone provider if if you know one goes down um, you know maybe think about having you know fiber optic or or, or cable um, internet installed in your house as a potential backup where you would still be able to access their internet um, you know look into um satellite internet as, as a potential um you know with with either starlink or um Q's-net, you know that those are the two big uh satellite options that uh consumers can use <laughs> we just gave the um, hackers a, a new idea actually the hackers don't need any new ideas they are already ahead of us as far as that's concerned uh but to uh, hack the satellites Uh, More with Andrew Sternkey. We'll wrap up our conversation with him. Private investigator, CEO, founder of Darkbox Security Systems. I'm Jeremy Scott, somewhere between the paranormal and abnormal on Into the Paranormal. Paranormal News. Here we go again. A high-altitude balloon flying over the western United States has drawn the attention of NORAD. Fighter pilots sent to track and intercept the balloon determined it was not sent by a foreign adversary and did not pose a threat to national security. It was observed over Utah and Colorado late last week. Officials have not said where the balloon originated, but there's speculation it may have been a hobby balloon. Just over a year ago, several unidentified objects were shot down in U.S. and Canada airspace. One was said to be a Chinese spy balloon, but we still don't know what the others were. George Henry, Paranormal News. This message is brought to you by... Please remain calm. We are seeing ongoing cyber attacks across the country. Pharmacies all across the country are having trouble processing some prescriptions because of a cyber attack. 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 C
investigating a ransomware attack on a healthcare network that operates in half a dozen states. Critical services like hospitals, like water systems around the country are facing persistent attacks. One of the nation's biggest fuel pipelines forced to shut down after a cyber attack. The people behind this got into an FBI unclassified server. This attack constitutes a grave risk to our national security. We don't fly by the seat of our pants, although that would be quite a sight. You're traveling into the paranormal with Jeremy Scott. Internet required. No cellular network here. Hardwired. Steady. 500 megs on the upload and the download plus. uh, Fiber going through the studio here. Wouldn't have it any other way. You know, that uh, was a very chilling few sound bites that we heard there uh you think about all of the possibilities here at least i think of the possibilities here and i'm thinking you know coupled with other attacks phone and internet and power and water i'm just wondering what might come next uh so andrew sternke with Darkbox security systems what are some of the things that your team has your eye on as far as you know the possibilities of where the next cyber attack might come from? Yeah, so um, you know earlier in the program you, you had mentioned the issue of uh, the pharmacies getting attacked, um, and, and unfortunately that is uh, just another example of uh, the Russian hacking group. Um, you know, specifically uh, attacking that one. Um, and in that case, it was uh, the Black Cat uh, hacking group that was responsible for that. And, and so, right. you know, the, the concern here now is that, you know, they're, um, they're doing these various forms of attack to um, basically start, um, you know, also conducting a, a sort of a psychological warfare on uh, the United States, on, on, you know, on its citizens with, um, you know, just creating this constant fear of, you know, the, the next cyber attack, what's it gonna be? Um, and so, you know, what we're starting to see, and if you look at the trends is, is that, um, you know, we're starting to see where these cyber attacks, it, it just not hurts the individual, but, um, some sort of a system that um, people are really reliant on, uh, you know, you know so, such as, you know, the, the case with the, the pharmacies. Well, you know, that is a serious issue because, uh, you know, a lot of people need to get their prescriptions uh, filled for their health and livelihood. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're starting to see... Um, other attacks being done, um, you know, such as you know the the, the pipeline. Um, this was several years ago. Colonial pipeline, but you know the yes, um, you know that was attacked. Um, you know, so there there's concerns that um, you know a lot of this is starting to set the stage for larger scale attacks that is really impacts society. 
um, you know, hospitals um, being attacked, you know, uh, you know, the various utilities, uh, electricity. I mean, imagine if our electricity goes down, who cares if the Internet is up because it's not going to work, you know, um, you know, and then, you know, other issues such as, um, you know, you had stated about, you know, our, our, our water, um, you know, concerns with that. And then, you know, there's been attacks even on things like uh, trash disposal. Like, imagine if the systems for, um, you know, garbage um, company Mm. goes down and they're not able to operate correctly. Um, You know, now it becomes a biohazard. Just think about how much trash you have in your house, you know, every week that um, gets taken. So. Um, you know, unfortunately, with, you know, the emergence of technology, um, you know, the, these attacks are real. And, and, and what is 2024? 2024 is the next big election, um, you know, across the whole country. So what is their fears of? Well, there, there are fears of um, various uh voting machines getting attacked now you know it's been shown that you know in the last um presidential uh national um uh voting systems um from our our last major election you know it's they were actually not compromised even though that there was various attempts and you know there was all sorts of talk but just because it didn't happen in the past doesn't mean that it couldn't happen this year, you know? And, and, and so we do know that from the various cyber attacks that have been ongoing by these nation states that, um, you know, there is a constant um, action to disrupt the United States. And so, you know, those are all real concerns that uh, many cybersecurity companies are on the watch for and the various um, federal entities are on the watch for and in constantly battling. Wow. Just uh, the thought of all that trash piling up and and the stench uh, of that is uh, something that I hadn't quite thought about. Uh, But but it's true. If if those facilities go down along with, uh, say, everything else, I mean, this problem gets really out of hand really really quick with uh just a couple of uh days without phone and internet and power and all of that requires uh, as far as i know uh internet requires power if you don't have power you don't have internet Uh, most of the phones are run on the internet so you won't have phones and we need to treat the water that requires unless it's uh, generated by solar panels requires electricity so we really are screwed it sounds like uh andrew closing comments please yeah just um you know my, my closing comments would just basically be uh for listeners to you know j- j- just you know stay in tune with with what's going on with technology and you know start making some changes um within your own home as far as you know the, the basic contingency uh practices and then also you know specifically that with um your own personal cybersecurity you know i highly recommend you know individuals 
use a password manager uh, such as Bitwarden. Always make sure you have two-factor authentication on all your accounts that you do online. Make sure that you keep your uh, phones and uh, computers updated. So anytime that you know it says you know we need to reboot for update, make sure you do that. Um, and then you know just be aware of phishing attempts that are trying to trick you into providing uh, personal identifiable information. And um, you know use a VPN, uh, which is a virtual private network. Anytime that you go online, uh, use a VPN uh, to do that. And then also back up all your important data. Yeah, good things to do. Uh, Andrew, what is the best uh, for folks to contact you if they're interested? Yeah, they could just uh, go to our website, uh, darkboxsecurity.com, or call 1-844-DARKBOX. All right. Appreciate it, Andrew. Good to have you on the program. Yes, great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Best to you as well. I think that does paint a picture of exactly the threats uh, in which we face in this current day and age. I mean, these are things that we've talked about for years. I mean, going on five, six, seven years, uh, because, you know, we are approaching uh, uh, 10 years, uh, actually uh, 2025. We'll celebrate 10 years uh, on the air. And we've talked about this, you know, throughout uh, throughout the years. And then we just kind of sit back and we we watch it, uh, you know, all really unfold in the mainstream. And the headlines are just absolutely, well, there's a lot of them. I mean, if you open up Google and you just type in cyber attack, you're going to find at least three or four pages of just headlines from today. I mean, I did it earlier. You know, I was joking about hacking the satellites, but I don't think that, uh, you know, putting the uh, the the satellites in space and getting our Internet there makes us uh, any more or less vulnerable. I mean, if it's infrastructure, yeah, that can be taken out, but so can targets uh, in space. If it's not a uh, virtual attack, maybe a nuclear attack or uh, remember the meat supplier. Yeah, it wasn't a JBS. We had, uh, of course, the, the pipeline. Uh, water treatment plants affected, couldn't treat the water. Intelligence agencies affected schools, hospitals. I mean, just think about uh, how it might affect you. Uh, for me, you know, I'm not addicted to my phone. I look at it during the breaks because there are certain notifications that come in, give me an idea of how we're doing. And sometimes I, I get communications throughout the program from affiliates and producers and listeners and comments and uh, and questions and stuff. And so I'm I, I'm looking at the phone from time to time, but it, it doesn't rule my life. I actually can sit it uh, for several hours away from me and not be tempted to look at it. But I got to admit, I always have to check it in the morning. I am a creature of habit. I'm looking for emails, I'm looking for notifications, I'm looking for comments, stuff that I need to address, you know, whether it's notifications for bills that have to be paid or certain tasks that have to be completed. I mean, without having a calendar that, of course, is uh, is totally on the internet, I would be lost because there's so many things going on. It really is very helpful to have that available to us. Also, the delivery of news, you know, to be able to get that on our phone. And sometimes this can be life-saving or time-saving information. For instance, something that might get in your way, something that could uh, impact you more severely, you may want to avoid. And without all of these things, there really is no peace of mind, especially when you can't get your medications. 
Number one, your phone was just out yesterday. And then today you can't even reach your pharmacist. You can't reach your doctor. So you go to the pharmacy and they tell you they can't reach anyone either. So you're out of luck. Or maybe it's an insurance situation. And now you have to pay out of pocket. Maybe you don't have the money to pay out of pocket. And if this is something that is going to save your life, something that uh, you rely on, and of course, the hospitals that are coming under attack as well, not only it's the healthcare companies, but the hospitals as well that have uh, come under attack. And many of their machines, well, last time I checked, need, need power. And a lot of them are on the internet. Uh, your information, usually from your previous visit, is accessed through the internet. So it's kind of important. We're calling SOS on Into the Paranormal. I'm Jeremy Scott, back right after this. Into the Paranormal. You know, this is a messing with people's lives. We are creatures of habit. When things are not available to us or we're cut off from certain things, uh, we can lose our you-know-what. A lot of people have been losing their you-know-what uh, because of the cell phone outage last week, followed uh, a day later with uh, the ransomware attack uh, on United Health. The Black Cat ransomware group is uh, claiming responsibility for that one. We're talking about thousands of people not being able to access their medications, you know, all at the same time. That has a, uh, a very drastic effect. Uh, you know, these could be uh, uh, you know, psychological or psychotic meds if you have individuals who need those and, and they don't have them. And now they're out on the streets, uh, you know, running around like zombies or serial killers or whatever the case happens to be. Yeah. Good luck with that. And, of course, there was a uh, another uh, attack on a different health organ or healthcare uh, company that just uh, – pharmaceutical company, actually, Sencora, saying they suffered a cyber attack. Threat actors stole data from their corporate IT systems. Uh, this just coming out, actually, today. So this is on top of the uh, United Health. Uh, you know, Andrew was mentioning – the nation states that Chinese, uh, China has already promised to wreak havoc on American citizens and communities. The FBI putting out a warning about that. And also one that's very troubling as well. I've been scratching my head over this for a couple of weeks since I saw this jan- uh, dated January 29th, a public service announcement from the Federal Bureau of Investigation talking about couriers, C-O-U-R-I-E-R-S, couriers being used to carry out uh, scams involving senior citizens. Uh, So this goes to uh, the level of I'm not on the Internet and uh, I don't have the Internet. Maybe you have rabbit ears. Maybe you have a landline phone. Uh, Maybe you just haven't uh, moved into the... uh, age of the internet yet i think you're probably rare but there's still a market out there apparently a 55 million dollar market 
in just uh, six months last year, according to the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center, of this scam involving largely senior citizens being coerced into liquidating their assets into cash, buying gold or silver, other precious metals in order to protect their funds, you know, in these rocky times. It's always in these rocky times. But then they send couriers to meet victims in person to pick up the assets. Sometimes they will pose as uh, tech support, U.S. government officials, and will use a pretty sophisticated uh, scam in order to get uh, cash and or precious metals which are then retrieved from the victims at their home or, you know, locations in public. And that's the last they see of it. They go on their merry way. So there's just a lot of things happening right now that uh, I'm worried that somebody is going to go off the deep end uh, because of not having their meds. And we're talking about seven days now. I hope they can get this thing sorted out. Uh, I hope the pharmaceutical companies uh, and and the pharmacies themselves can get caught up. I hope those uh, who were off their meds maybe had a uh, a backup supply or have managed to persevere some some way some uh, how through this because I, I don't envy anybody who's uh, dealt with this situation. Uh, these services are so vital to many and when you don't have them. Again, you're messing with the individual's livelihoods. We're all about to talking about what impacts you here on the program, whether it's somewhere between the paranormal and the abnormal. Back here tomorrow night to uh, expand your mind. Once again, somewhere between the paranormal and abnormal, I'm Jeremy Scott from the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest. Until next time, good night and God bless. Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.